Okay, good morning. Today's stuff is that I am Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Ben Sion Ben Ze'ev Avram Halevi and Tzvi Ben Sion Ben Yisrael. May the Neshamas have an aliyah. It is also for Rafur Shlema of... Sorry, I lost it again. Shmuel David Ben Golda Chaya and Zippor Fiona Bas Chava and Yechiel Moshe Ben Chana. May they all have a Rafua Shlema speedy and complete recovery. Okay, so yesterday we learned the Mishnah that, that taught us the five inuyim, the five types of suffering that we have to keep on Yom Kippur. And then the Gemara used the phrase, also, they're forbidden, it's also. So it's also to eat and drink, it's also to wash yourself, it's also to anoint yourself, it's also to wear shoes, and it's also to have Tashmish Hamita. Um, now the Gemara asks, but wait, why does it use the phrase also, forbidden, when really it should use, there's an Oynesh Kores, it should say Kores, which is much more severe. Now, so the Gemara wanted to suggest, okay, the answer is, it's discussing Chatsi Shir. If you eat, remember we said also in the Mishnah, how much do you have to eat to be liable? Kokoi Seves Hagasa, a large date. And how much do you have to drink? Mole Lukma, a cheekful. And so maybe if you eat half a Koi Seves, you won't get Kores. But it's also it's forbidden to, and that introduced us to our new topic, um, a new topic of how a fundamental sugya affects a lot of, um, a lot of, surim, I guess. Um, but it and it will take us to release um, the first amud and over the page. What is that? Do we say Chatzishir Osur Miratora? It's Machloikes Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. And let's just go from there. So, to Itmar, it's been said, Chatzishir Rabbi Yochanan Omar Osur Miratora. If someone has half a measurement according to Rabbi Yochanan, it's Osur from the Torah. Reish Lakish Omar Mutar Minatora. And Reish Lakish says it's Mutar from the Torah. Um, what's there? Again, so we know you're not allowed to eat um, Chazir, not allowed to eat. Uh, Nevela, if you, we know how much you have to eat to be liable the punishment. That's half a, a well, sorry, one kazayas. What happens if you eat half a kazayas or less than a kazayas? So according to Rabbi Yochanan, it's Asur, Minatoira, you just don't get the punishment. And according to Reish Lakish, it's Mutar, Minatoira. So the Gemara carries on now. So our Mishnah fits in very well with Rabbi Yochanan. Because our Mishnah says, Asur, instead of you get Kores, what's Asur? To eat a drink less than the Shir. Okay, that's Asur. You're not going to get Kores. So it makes sense. But how are you going to explain, the, uh, how you going to explain it according to Reish Lakish? The Gemara says, no. Reish Lakish agrees that it's also drabonin. Aye, so just before you run out and buy yourself a McDonald's burger and eat less than a kazayis, and say, well, Reish Lakish says it's mutar according to the Torah, it's even according to Reish Lakish, it is also drabonin. And that's now it fits in very well. The language of the Mishnah says osur, not chayav kores, because it's discussing less than a full shiur. Again, in our Mishnah, it's not a kazais, it's a koiseves hagasa. But again, it's less than a full shiur, and therefore it's only a konentreish lakish isudra Okay, now the Gemara is going to challenge this. The Gemara is going to 
um, the Gomorrah is going to challenge does Reish Lokish really hold that it's a Isudrabonin? And Isu, maybe Reish Lokish holds it's a 100% Mutar. And what it's, it's going to be based on the following discussion. There's a can you take a shvua on something that you're already allowed to do or not, that you already must do as a mitzvah, you're not allowed to do? I, if you can't, and it's called, and it's actually, you can't take a shvua. For example, you can't take a shvua that I won't eat nevela. You can't take a shvua that I won't do something that's a mitzvah, because we use the phrase, made me har sinai. We already took a shvua at har sinai to keep the Torah. So to come along, you can't take a shvua on something that you've already taken a shvua. So therefore, if what we basically got to say, if there's a, we got to bring a scenario where a shlokish would agree that a shvua takes effect on something to do with isur, if it is an isur derabbanon, well then Reish Lokish should agree that the shvua doesn't take effect because one of the isurei derabbanon is loisosur. Well, sorry, one of the isurim in the Torah is loisosur. You're not allowed to stray left. You're not allowed to stray from the words of the chachomim. So if it's exerad chachomim, it should also a shvua should not take effect on an isur derabbanon because that falls into the category of something that you've already taken a shvua about. Let's see that inside. It says, You should not be chayav on eating a half shir, a shvua. As I said, because if you eat a half shir, it's osur derabbanon. It says, What about what we, why do we teach in the following Mishnah? If someone takes a shvua that he won't eat, I'm just going to read it in the easiest way, that he won't eat Nevela, trefa, and different types of non-kosher animals. He's liable for that shvua for taking, and then he does. He's liable for transgressing that shvua. Rabbi Shimon Omer Potter and Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Poiter, Rabbi Shimon says he's exempt. Now, Rabbi Shimon's easy to understand why you're exempt. If you take a shvua that you're not going to eat nevela, you're not liable a korban for that shvua because it's mushpah v'oymed mehar sinai. You already took a shvua on har sinai. Says Vavinan Bo, but they analyzed according to the first opinion. Am I chayav? Why should you be a liable Mushba Vaimid Mar Sinai? Who have you not already taken the shvur at Har Sinai? So again, if a person takes a shvur that they will not eat, Nevela Trefer dot dot etc., and then they do eat, and then they do eat them, the first opinion says they're liable for taking such a shvur. Why Mushba Vaimid Mar Sinai? So it says Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan to Amri. Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan all say. But It's when he includes things that are mutar with things that are asur. I he takes a shvur, let's say, that I'm not going to eat any meat, kosher or non-kosher. Now the shvur will take effect on the meat that is kosher, because there's no there's no he can choose whether to eat kosher meat or not. So if he takes a shvur not to eat it, the shvur takes full effect. And once, we're going to basically say, once it takes effect in part, it will take effect in whole. So he transgresses his shvua, whether he eats kosher meat or non-kosher meat. So that's how those three opinions learn. But that's not our point. Our, what we need to go into is Reish Lokish. Now just before we go into Reish Lokish, two points to understand him. One is, he holds that a shvua never takes effect on a mitzvah. How what we've just said, according to the first three opinions, once the shvur is taking effect on some aspect, it will take effect on the whole thing. So once it takes effect on the kosher food, it will take effect on the non-kosher food as well, the shvur that he won't eat. However, Reish Lokesh doesn't hold for that. 
based on a Gomorrah elsewhere. And a second point is the Machloikas we're going to see now. When a person takes a... Sh- we know that when the Torah says you're not allowed to eat something, it's, me- it's referring to a Kaziah, to be liable. When a person takes a Shvur that he won't eat something, does he mean I won't even eat a drop? Or does he mean I won't eat a Kaziah? Okay, now it's not going to affect this too much, but that's what we're going to discuss. Varesh Lokish, Omaresh Lokish says, You can only find that he will be liable for eating, for taking the shvur not to eat, if he specifies, I will not even eat half a shvur according to the Rabbonin. The Rabbonin hold that if a person takes a shvur not to eat, they generally mean not to eat a kazais amount. But if he specifies, I will not even eat half a shvur, then he would be liable. Or or even um, he just takes a shvur not to eat, but according to Rabbi Akiva, because a shvur includes even less than a shir. When a person forbids himself to do something, he forbids himself even a tiny amount. But what's the important point for us? What's Reish Lokish saying? That on this amount, less than a kazais. So again, this person said, I take a shvur not to eat pig. Generally, a shvur not to eat pig would not take effect because I made my harsinai. Already took a shvur not to eat um, pig at harsinai, so it's a shvur on a shvur. It doesn't take effect. But here, Reish Lokish says he would be chayev for his shvur if he's referring to less than a kazayas. But now that ties back into our thing. Well, wait. You telling me you're not chayev for a shvur on less than a kazayas? Um. So, sorry, you are high for a shvu on less than a kazais. Must be there isn't even an isu drabonan. Because if there was an isu drabonan, as I said, that's loisosur. One of the negative commandments in the Torah is you're not allowed to stray. So by transgressing a uh, drabonan, you're transgressing to Arisa. So you already took a shvu not to do that. So it must be, Rach Lokish holds, it's 100% permitted to eat chatzishir. Now you're going to suggest the answer. He says, no, maybe this that a shvu doesn't take effect is only when it's Arisa. But when it's drabonan, it will take effect. Well, now we're going to try to prove other ones. He says, for hot sa'edus. If someone regarding a shvur sa'edus, a shvur sa'edus is if someone thinks you know a testimony that could affect their case. Let's say, I know you saw someone steal from you or you saw someone borrow money from you. So I say, please come take, come testify. And you say no. And you take a shvur that you don't know the testimony. Later on, if you admit, then you have to bring a shvur sa'edus. But it says, shvur sa'edus, it's only relevant to someone who is fit to testify. Now the reason why the Gomorrah is not why the Gomorrah leaves out, but Rashi points out, earlier in the Mishnah it gives a whole list. It doesn't apply to women, it doesn't apply to these people, etc. It gives a whole list and then it says it only applies by those who are fit to testify. But with Vahavin and Bo, Limutai what you're coming to exclude? So Rav Papa Omar Limutai Melech, Rav Papa says it's coming to exclude a king. And Rav Achabar Yaakov, Omar Limutai Masachai Pakuvya, and Rav Achabar Yaakov says it's coming to exclude someone who's a gambler. Remember, a gambler, well, yeah, let's just quickly discuss Melech, and then I'll come back to an interesting point regarding a Melech. Um, a Melech really, as a person, a king can testify. However, by the fact that he's a Melech, he's not allowed to testify. As it's brought in the Gomorrah Sanhedrin, a, a king can't be a witness and you can't testify against the king. Um, there are a few different reasons given why a king um, the Rach says because it brings the possible that based David must give judgment. And we have another concept, a witness cannot be the judge. 
He should be, be he should be the judge as the king, and therefore he can't testify. And Rashi says, which is this is the way I've always learned, is it's degrading to a king to testify. It's beneath his dignity. Um, to make him stand before, remember the aide has to stand before the Basedin and tell them what he saw. To make the king stand before a Basedin, that's disrespectful, even though it's to testify. Um, um, it says, You must place the king on you. The, your, your awareness of the, what's it, the, the royalty, of the, the, the awe of the king must always be like a burden on you. And therefore you can never ever let him stand in front of you and issue testimony. Um, another answer. Yeah, another answer the Ritva gives. That's similar to Rashi. But he says that it's, it's like beneath, it's similar to a zokka in the Kvoida. We know that there's certain mitzvahs that fall away when it's beneath your dignity. Let's say you're a very dignified elderly person and to go carry a lamb to return it to the lost owner is beneath your dignity. Well, then you don't have to do it. So, so yeah, it's beneath the king's dignity. Okay, that's a, those are things why a king can't testify. Now, let's go. The important point for us is when Masachek Bekuvia gambler. Now, a gambler is not allowed to testify. Why not? Because a gambler is considered a gazlan drabon, and according to a gazlan, a thief is not allowed to testify. And a gambler, according to the sages, is a gazlan. The standard way of learning why is he a gazlan? Because no one expects to lose when they gamble, and therefore they're handing over their money reluctantly. So it's called an asmachta. They don't really expect to hand over their money. Therefore, when you take their money, you're to a degree you're stealing from them. Now, that's the important one for us. He says, allowed to testify according to Torah law. A gambler is allowed to testify. It's the rabbis who say that a gambler is apostle witness. And still we see that the shvua takes effect on him. So you can't come. So we see that. Even in an Isudoraisa, sorry, even in an Isudrabonon, it prevents the Shvur taking effect. So we should say the same thing. So we would say the same thing. Um, we, again, why is this brought here? Because remember, we brought Reish Lokish and we wanted to say Reish Lokish holds that Chatzishir um, is Osudrabonon. We brought a Mishnah which says that, which seems to imply a Shvur still takes effect on Chati Shur. And if it's also Drabonon, the Shvur should not take effect that you should be liable for it. So we're just saying, maybe that's only Doraisa, but not Drabonon. But we see a Shvur does not take effect even over Isu Drabonon. So the Gemara says, no, Shani Hosam to Amakro, Imloya Gid, Bahaila Bara Godahu Klaus. He says, no, because the Pasuk Bashvur Saedu says, what sort of person is liable for taking a false Shvur? One who did not testify, but it has to be someone who would be accepted as a witness. If this gambler came before based, he says, you ask your friend who's a gambler, please come testify on my behalf. And he says, yes, yeah, sure. Based in won't let him testify. So if he says, I'm not going to, and he takes a sure that he doesn't know, he won't be liable for not testifying. Says, so that's why, so, so that's why it's different. Um, so what are we saying? So it seems that yes, this that we say, ain uh, Sorry, not ain According to Reish Lakish, chatzishir is mutam in a Torah. According to the Torah, you can have half a kazais of pig, you can have half a kazais of meat and milk mixed together, you could have half a kazais of nevela, 
unshech the meat, etc. However, the rabbot and its osur, Oh, but we see that shfuz take effect on it. Yes, shfuz. This that we say, mushba va'omed maharsinai does not re- apply to isurei drabonin. Now we go back to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said, use the language of osur, and that's how we got onto this discussion. We said, why are you saying osur when it's kores? He says, v'chol heicha oinesh de oinesh kores loitani osur. You're telling me that wherever it uses the phrase, wherever there's the punishment of kores, it won't use the phrase also. V'chol tanya, what about the following phrase? Achal pisha omru osur b'kula v'chol omru enosh kores ela ala oichel v'shoyse v'oyse melacha bilvad. Even though we said ola osur. Kores is you only get kores for eating, drinking, or doing work on Yom Kippur. Oh, you're not allowed to wear shoes. You're not allowed to bath, etc. But if you do, it's not kores. But what do we? But it uses the word asur even when referring to kores. Is no hachi ka'amar kesha amru asur la emre ella b'chatsi shir aval kashir aynes kores. When they said it's asur, they were referring to half a shir. But if it's the a full shir, a full amount. Then that would be kores. The afal pish oynes kores ain oynes kores ella oichel v'shoisev oisem melacha bilvad. And even though if you have a full shear, it's considered the person would get a punishment of kores. This is only by eating, drinking, and doing melacha on Yom Kippur. One would not be liable to kores for the other four inuyim. Now the eboys amen. Another answer to our mission. Okay, now the question we ask in our mission is: Osur implies a regular negative commandment when we know it's the severity of kores. He says, and a different answer is kiktani osur ashaara. It's actually going on the rest. The tonu rabba rabba b'varav Yosef b'shar sifrei debei rav. Rabba b'varav Yosef explained in the other sifrei debei rav. We'll come back to that shortly. Minayin the yom hakipurim she osur berchitz v'sichov v'nila sasandel v'tashmin shamita. How do we know on Yom Kippur that you're also not allowed to bathe, anoint yourself, wear shoes, and tashmin shamita? Talmud Lomer Shabbason Shavus. It says Shabbason, you must rest. Um, I just as sorry, I forgot what pshat was there. Um, Oh, just as by Melacha it connects Yom Kippur to Shabbos, and we know just as by Shabbos the rabbis extended the definition of Melacha, so too they can extend the definition of Inui, of afflict yourself on Yom Kippur. Okay, so what's um, just interesting, what's Sifrei Devei Rav? So Rav's Yeshiva put out a set of prices, and it's uh, quite an authoritative one. The section on... Vayikra is called Sifra, also known as um, also known as Torah's Kohanim. I mean, interesting because Vayikra is primarily about Korbonos and the base of Middash, um, and the Mishkan, yeah, Korbonos. Um, and on Bamidbar and Dvorim, it's called Sifri. So Bashar Sifri, the Bayrav, seems like it's referring to either Bamidbar or Dvorim. Not sure exactly where it is found. But that's what it sounds like it's referring to. Interesting, some also say there's a midrash on Shmos called the, not the, uh, no, Mechilta. Some say it's also from Rav, and that's called the Mechilta. But again, it's the Sifra on Vayikra, and the Sifri on Bamibar and Dvorim. Okay. We earlier we mentioned that Reish Lokesh says, Rabbi Yochanan holds if you eat half a shir, it's also from the Torah. And according to, to Rabbi Yochanan says, Osim and Torah, and Shlokish says it's actually Mutar. Rabbi Yochanan, Osim and Torah, why does Rabbi Yochanan say it's Osim and Torah? Since it's fit to be joined together, it's considered you're eating 
um, you're eating Isser. I, you can't negate it. When you have half a kazais of Nevela, it can be joined with another half kazais of Nevela to equal an Isser kazais. So Rabbi Yochanan saying, clearly we see that there's even an Isser on half a kazais. Because if it was half a kazais and there was no Isser, then what are you going to join it with? says, Lokish says it's mutar, because it always uses the phrase achila, which we know means eating a kazayas. And here, if you eat half a shir, you don't have that. Rabbi Yochanan challenged Reish Lokish. Now, this is that by chaylev, chaylev, the forbidden fat, we know that it's kores. By chaylev, it mentions that you're not allowed to eat chaylev and the punishment of kores right next to each other. So, we're going to learn our lochas from that. It says Rabbi Yochanan, um, so Rabbi Yochanan challenges Lokish. He says, I would assume that only things that you get the punishment of Kores for are you not allowed to eat. I only chaylev that you get the punishment of Kores for are you not allowed to eat. It says, So you might have thought a koi to a certain type of animal and a half measure since there is no punishment of Kores. Yochel Einabazari, you might think that they don't, that there's no punishment for eating the sorry, that you are allowed to eat the chalev. I since you won't get punished with kores, you might think you are actually allowed to eat them. Talmud Laimar, Kol Khalev. The Torah says any chalev to include these two scenarios. Um so what um what have we said here? So Rabbi Yochanan's proof is that well, firstly, a koi, we're gonna, it's, it's, a, it's a big discussion what a koi is. Some say it's an animal that they weren't sure if it's a behemoth or if it's a chaya. Well, as we're going to see, some held it was, uh, it was an actually a type, its own type of animal, a, a total different species. Not a behemoth, not a chaya, but a koi. What, what's that relevant to chaylev? Forbidden fats are only relevant to behemoths, domestic animals, cows, sheep and goats. Um, wild animals, deer, etc. There's no isur of chaylev. You can eat the chaylev of them. So here, so and chatzishir. But for us, remember it's chatzishir. Rabbi Yochanan says you might have thought that since you don't get kores for eating chatzishir, you're actually allowed to eat it. Comes along the Torah and says kol chaylev. So the Gemara Reish Lokish will answer midrabbanon v'koras machta ba'alma. No, eating chaylev of a half shear of chaylev is only isu drabonin and the posuk is just an asmachta and asmachta means it's where the rabbis find a hint to the exaira in the Torah and hachadami mistavri says this is logical if you want to tell me that the oraisa will koi is only a sofek do we need a posuk to exclude a sofek from two aspects we don't need the posuk to exclude the doubt of a koi. Firstly, the one is, remember Hashem knows, if you're not sure whether this animal is defined as a behemoth or a chaya, Hashem knows. So we don't need a posuk to tell us how to treat it. And secondly, let's say it's a proper doubt and whether we're going to go by what Hashem knows or not. If you have an animal in front of you and you're not sure whether it's kosher or not kosher, you're not sure whether it's a behemoth or a chaya, you have to go strict anyway. So we don't need a pasuk to tell us that a koi is asur. 
that you're not allowed to eat the chaylev of a koi must be when we say we have a posuk to teach us that you're not allowed to eat the chaylev of a koi. It must be it's only derabonon. Says ah imishum ha no. If your reason to say it is an asmacht is only because of koi, because of the case of koi lo ira. That's it's no proof. He holds that a koi is a, its own creature. It's not a behemoth, and it's not, a, it's not that we're in doubt whether it is a behemoth or a chaya. It is neither a behemoth or a chaya. Oh, and now we understand we have a very good proof. Um, so, and now, and now we understand why we need the possum. You might have thought that only the chaylev of a behemoth is also, but what about the animal that's a, t- a type of animal that's a koi? Neither behemoth nor chaya. So the apostle comes along and says it's also. Now, to Elo if you don't say this, what about what Ravi Bar Avin says? When it's, this is also coming to Ingiri Koi. Now, what is, it's just simply not going into the background of this teaching of Ravi that basically increases the Gomorrah learns a drosha that comes to include the blood of a koi as osu mishum dam. And we know you're not allowed to eat the dam of a behemoth or a chaya. What about the dam of a koi? So it uses a special posuk to tell us that. Now, if you weren't sure whether a koi was a behemoth or a chaya, it's one of them, but you're not sure. It's rabuye. Would you need a posuk to include larabuye's veika to come and include the sofek? Obviously not. Whether it's a behemoth or whether it's a chaya, you can't have the blood. Must be that's according to the opinion that a koi is its own type of species. So maybe you're not allowed the blood of a behemoth. You're not allowed the blood of an off. You're not allowed the blood of a chaya. But what about the blood of this species called a koi? Maybe there you are allowed. The blood comes along a special drosh and tells us that. Ella, barrier shiny. Hakanami, barrier shiny. So just it's over there. You're going to have to say it's its own type of creature and it's different. So to here, you're going to have to say it's its own type of creature and different. So just back to Rabbi Yochanan again. Rabbi Yochanan says that a koi, we need a special possible to tell us that you're not allowed to eat the chaylev of a koi or the chaylev of a half shear. For us, the important point is the chaylev of a half shir, he learns it as a possum. Now, it's interesting, because on the previous Amud, on Ayn Talan Malak, we had two sources according to Rabbi Yochanan. First, Rabbi Yochanan, higher up on the page, says, the reason you can't eat half a shir is because it joins with a full shir. And later down on the page, we just brought Rabbi Yochanan saying that you can eat half a shir. Sorry, Rabbi Yochanan saying that it's learnt out from a drosha of Kol Chelev. So what's the answer? Which one is it, Rabbi Yochanan? What's your source that you're not allowed to eat Chatsi Shir? So the one answer given, I mean, there are a few answers, but I'll just give one answer, is that the source is actually Kol Chelev. But the Svara, the logic, why does the Torah also Chatsi Shir? Is because of, it still joins to, to make up an Isur, and therefore it's considered itself. Okay, now we're going to go through quite a long brisa, trying to establish how we, what inuyim, what afflictions are included on Yom Kippur. We kind of take for granted you can't eat and drink. Well, we take for granted that you can't eat or drink, but maybe it's referring to other types of afflictions. I mean, we don't suggest in the Gomorrah here, but who says it's not to whip yourself? The one suggestion, who says it's not to go, um, when's it, uh, Yom Kippur? Can be well, it's generally heading to spring, but let's it's a boiling hot day, so maybe the inu is you must go sit in the sun. 
How do you know that the Inu is these five things? It says, The Apostle says, You must afflict yourself. You might think that you must go sit in the sun or the shade to cause pain. The Torah connects it to, and you shall not do any melacha. Just as melacha is something that you don't do, you withhold yourself from doing it, so to the inui, the affliction must be from withholding something from yourself. I not going and causing yourself pain. That's not what we're trying to do here. But, um, but you're withholding things from you. Just like on Shabbos and Yom Kippur, you don't build, you don't cut, you don't light a fire, you don't do malacha. So too, you don't do certain things that cause inui. That's the connection between malacha and inui. Interestingly enough, I mean, I'm sure we'll see, we'll see more about it and maybe we'll get more clarity to the answer. But I once had a debate with a friend. Are you allowed to take something? I mean, and they discuss it. Caffeine tablets or rehydrate on Erev Yom Kippur so that your fast goes easier. Or should you not take them so that you struggle more? I mean, interesting enough, yes, very clearly, at least on Yom Kippur, the afflictions that we learn out. I mean, eating and drinking we learn out, so maybe you are supposed to suffer through eating and drinking. But we see very clearly from here that you mustn't do something to cause suffering. That's not the inner we're talking about. It says, but wait, maybe it means that if the person's sitting in the sun, I passively, he just went outside and he was sitting down and then it got very hot. Or he went outside and sat down and it got very cold. Maybe there we don't tell him, move, stay suffering. Don't move to a more comfortable place. He says, no, just as by Malacha, we don't make a distinction. It doesn't matter where you are or which Shabbos it is. We don't distinguish between, oh, in this place you must move, in this place you mustn't move. No, it's a blanket rule. So too, by Inu, it must be a blanket rule. I struggled a little bit to understand it, but along the lines, just as a malacha applies in all scenarios, so to the inner we must, and it can't be that, well, if you're in the cold and you feel cold, then you're not allowed to move to the sun. That's a very subjective, very dependent inner. Depends on, is it a hot Yom Kippur or a cold Yom Kippur? Depends on where, the, where you're sitting. Depends on, did you end up over there? I, on Shabbos, we don't say, well, if you're in your house, I mean, that's interesting, maybe carrying you can discuss, but they each have their very clear parameters and they always apply there to all people. We don't say if you're in your house, you can't um, light a fire, but if you're somewhere else, you can't, you know, it, it applies across the board. So, so to these inuim should apply across the board. Okay, another bride said that's going to elaborate on this discussion of what sort of inu are we talking about. Just before we go further, basically... Um, uh, let's read, let's learn a bit. It says, You must afflict yourself. Maybe it's saying you must go sit in the sun or the cold to cause yourself pain. It says, no. It compares the inui to melacha. And just as when you're not allowed to do melacha, it's something that you'd be high of kores elsewhere in the, for another scenario, I on Shabbos. If you do malach, if you light a fire on Yom Kippur, you light 
just as there you're not allowed to do melacha on Yom Kippur, it's because you have kore somewhere else. Well, so too, the inui we're talking about is where there's a chiyuv kore in another place. I, there's nowhere else in the, no other isra in the Torah that we find you're not allowed to sit in the sun. You're not allowed to sit in the cold. So there's no chiyuv or you. So that can't be the inui we're talking about. Must be ve'ezezeh. What type of inui is there? Pigul ve'noisar. That must be referring to pigul and noisar. Eating pigul or noisar, don't want to go into what they are, but you're not allowed to eat them. So just as you get kores if you eat pigul or noisar, so too on Yom Kippur you would get kores if you ate pigul or noisar. Again, I don't know if I expressed it clearly, but the phrase here, b'mokam acher, means on the, just as there's the isum alocha that we're not allowed to do on Yom Kippur is also elsewhere, so to the Inu, you're not allowed to do on Yom Kippur, must be Osur elsewhere. So he says, Yeah, says, Vepig, ah, Avi, Pig, over Noisar, Shay, Ahain, Bakaris, Velo, Avias, a table, Shay, Nabakaris. Okay, fine. So you're not allowed to eat Pig, and Noisar, because if you did in another time, you'd be Chav Kores. If, if you eat it on Yom Kippur, you'd be Chav Kores. But what about Tevil that you don't get Kores? Tevil is untied grain. It says, Talmud Laimar, Ta'anu. The Torah says, Ta'anu. V'ini semes nafsho seichem. And v'ini semes nafsho seichem. Ribot to include also Tevil. Um, now basically, we're going to bring this phrase, Ta'anu, which is one posuk, And v'ini semes nafsho seichem, another posuk, But we're going to bring it a few times. And that is because it says Inui quite a few times. It says this phrase of Inui Semes Nachosechem quite a few times when it's discussing Yom Kippur. So from each one we can include more and more. So you might have, so it says, okay, fine. Avia Tevel Shehuba Misa. Fine, so maybe things like Tevel, which a person is Chai Misa Bidei for eating. Vela Avia Sanavela Sha'enon Bemisa. But maybe we would not include eating Nevela which is not high of that punishment. It's just lashes if someone eats novellas. It's Talmud Lomer, Sanu, Be'ini, Semes, Nafsha, Seichem, Riba, so it comes to include even regular negative commandments. Any, any food that you're not allowed to eat for regular negative commandment, you would not be allowed to eat on Yom Kippur. Ah, AVS and Avela, Shehu, Belav, Belah, AVS, Achulin, fine, so maybe you're not allowed to eat novella because it's a negative commandment. But you could, but who says you can't eat Chulin? Chulin is regular food. There's no mitzvah to eat it, and as we'll see, there's no Mitzvah to not eat it. So how do we know that? It's also to eat regular food on Yom Kippur. He says Sha'anon, which are not a negative commandment. It says No, it says it again. It repeats Riba to include even Chulin. says okay. So maybe you would be liable for eating Chulin and all the above, but where because you don't have to eat it. But maybe truma, which is a mitzvah to eat, they, or bekum oichel, you should eat truma. Maybe that you would be allowed to do on Yom Kippur. Talmud loimer, tanu videi sedem nafsho seichem. Riba, it includes it also. Oh, avias, truma she'enu babalta toisiru. Oh, fine. Maybe this includes truma, which there's no isur to leave over. Ah, it's a mitzvah to eat, but there's no problem if you don't eat it. It says, velo avias hakodshim she'en babalta siru. But maybe you should be allowed to eat kodshim on Yom Kippur, because not only is it a mitzvah to eat, it's also a negative commandment to not eat. I so you have to eat it. Talmud loimer tanu v'nisem nefshal seichem riba. You're not even allowed to eat kodshim. Ah, ve'imna shechol loimer. If you're not happy with the above drasha, I've got another drasha. Arehu loimer. It says v'vadetem es hanefesh v'vadeti es hanefesh. I will cause the soul to be lost. Hahi inu shuhu avedas hanefesh. That's saying that the inu you have to do on Yom Kippur is 
Avedas HaNefesh, it causes you to diminish. Not eating leaves a hole inside. And that's what we're referring to. So that's the language of Avadati used by Yom Kippur. It says, Now the Gemara asks, Okay, so we just brought a proof that it must be referring to eating and drinking when it says you must afflict yourself on Yom Kippur. And we said, if you're not happy with that, I've got another possible, that says I will, the soul will be lost. I, it's going also referring, I mean, that's referring to Kores, but it's also going back on the Inui of Achila. So, so the Gemara asks, What's if you want to say? What would you have thought it could be referring to that we need another source? He says, Oh, maybe the Pasuk is referring to the affliction of withholding yourself from forbidden relations. It says, No, when it uses the phrase, that's what leaves a hole in you, I eating and drinking. So again, Inui in general, we would have might refer to food or drink, or it might refer to withholding yourself from uh, from sexual relations. Comes along the pasuk and says, "Vavariti, um, the one that leaves a hole in you, I not eating." No, it says the very So this again would be the source that you're not allowed to eat and drink on Yom Kippur and you get kores for eating or drinking on Yom Kippur. The very Bishmol Tana, the very Bishmol taught Nemar Khan Inui Vinemar Lahalan Inui. It says by Yom Kippurim Inui and it says by the Jews wandering in the desert Inui. It says Malahalan Inui Ravon Afkan Inui Ravon. Just as in the desert it was from the suffering the Jews went was from food, from starving. Afkan, so it's on Yom Kippur, it must be through starving. But maybe we should learn it out from where Lovon said to Yaakov, if you withhold intimacy from my daughters. Says, don't, so no, don't. So Inui, you're telling me Inui must refer to food because you find it referring to hunger or to hunger because you find it referring to hunger in the desert. Maybe it's referring to, uh, to, uh, to Arayos. Says no, don in inu derabim and inu derabim. Rather learn inui to the many, because Yom Kippur applies to everyone. From inui to the many, as the hunger in the desert applied to all of Israel. The ain't don in inu derabim and inu deyochin, and don't learn inu derabim from the yochin. Av an elef inu de Mitzrayim. Oh, well, then why don't we learn from Mitzrayim? Remember, the Pasuk says that Hashem saw Anenu, He saw our suffering, and the Drosha is it refers to Derech Eretz, to Arayos. So, even Mutararat. But, um, so if, so we, and that applied to the whole of Bnei Israel. So it says, Ella dan in inui bidashamaim, inu bidashamai. No, rather refer rather compare inui that's from Hashem, I um to from inui that's also from Hashem. I it was Hashem who told us not to not to do inu to do inui on Yom Kippur, and it's Hashem who made the Jews hungry in the desert. It says, And we're not going to learn from inui, which is from heaven. We're not going to learn inui from heaven, from inui caused by man. Okay, so that is the source that, um, so very clearly when it says Inui, it must be referring to um, food and drink and not sexual relations. It says now, 
Now we're just going to go on a little bit of Agarita. As you can see, next stuff is also mainly Agarita. But we'll just start it today. It says, Hama'achil mon b'midbar laman anosecho. I fed you man in the desert in order to afflict you. I mean, we know man is a brocha, but man also has the flip side. It's an affliction. As it says in the Vorim, says, What was the affliction by man? Why was it so hard for the Jews to have man? It sounds on the surface like such an amazing thing. Imagine, you don't have to worry about getting food. Every morning you step outside and there's your food. And not only that, you have food that tastes exactly what you want and it's perfect. It's exactly what you need. That sounds like a pleasure. So why did the Jews find man to be such a inu, to be an affliction? So One says the One says the answer is you can't compare someone who has bread in his basket to someone who doesn't have bread in his basket. Just the psychological aspect of knowing if you're hungry you can go to the fridge and get food is a huge relief, and you can't compare that to the man because what happened in the man? They would get the exact measure for that day, and none would be left over. Either it would shrink, or if they left over on purpose, it would become wormy. So that's a very, very stressful way of living from one meal to the next. Imagine, you know you have enough food for today. And Hashem has also promised you He'll give you enough food tomorrow. But you don't have a drop spare for tomorrow. It's a very stressful, very uh, hard way to live. So that's pas basalo. It says, The other one says, The answer is, no. You can't compare someone who sees what they're eating to someone who does not see what they're eating. Remember, the Apostle describes man, I'm trying to remember, as the little white seeds. I'm trying to remember what seeds it calls them, but I've forgotten. Um, it's in the Apostle. Now, but we know that the man tasted like whatever you like. But it's not the same eating chicken that, that you can't see that doesn't look like chicken or eating pizza that doesn't look like you're eating pizza or eating ice cream that doesn't look like you're eating ice cream when you can actually see what you're eating. Um, and that's why... Um, um, and that's what the difficulty was. That's the suffering. They had the food in front of them and they had it tasted exactly what they liked, but it didn't look that nice. Um, which is an amazing thing. We know how much effort people put into the display of the food and how it looks. If the meat, if, you, if you're cooking meat, if it, you want to have a nice little, you, it must be the right color, it must be the right uh, look, you put the right garnish and the right sauce. And in fancy, fancy meals or fancy restaurants, they put it out on the plate perfectly and then put a huge deal into the display of the food. We, you can't compare food that looks appetizing even if to other food that tastes as appetizing but doesn't look nice. Can't compare them. And that's, so that's what he's saying here. And that was their suffering that every meal they sat down to looked like a bowl of uh, oats. And every single thing they ate, it tasted like they whatever they wanted, but it looked like a bowl of oats or a bowl of, of seed. says, This is a hint to starving... Um, to someone who, to a, to a blind person, that they eat food, but they don't get satisfied from it. Uh, interesting, Rabbi Yosef was, a bl- was blind. She's obviously saying the experience of eating when you can't see your food is not the same quality. I guess we can test it in South Africa when there's load shedding, see where the supper tastes is as enjoyable as when there is, uh, when there is lights or when there isn't lights. And it's not the same. 
and when you can't see your food. Therefore, if you have a fancy surah, you should rather eat it in the day, Abaya says. And Omar Ibn Zayra, my craft, do we see this alluded to in the Apostle? He says, The appearance to the eye is better for the soul. Says Omar Ish Lokish, Reish Lokish gives a different drosha from that uh, from that pasuk. Says Tov Marayanaim Isha Yosemi Gufa Shel Maser. It's in the way it's more pleasant to look at a pretty woman than to actually do the deed. Shenemar Tov Marayanaim Halach Nefesh. I look seeing is sometimes more pleasurable than actually doing the deed. Okay, so we've I mean that pasuk we've seen two droshas. One referring to the eating of food. It's more pleasant to see what you eat. The other one is referring to a woman, and we'll carry on with the Akarata tomorrow.